Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, welcome to episode one of Joke Artists. Yeah, we did it. Even though everybody said we couldn't, <laughs> we did. Well, we're doing it. We're, yeah, we're, we're doing it. And of course, uh, we're your hosts, Ryan Dever. Yeah, Jason Katz. Woohoo! And today we're talking with comedian Mark Normand. Right. I've been lucky enough to know him for maybe, I don't know, six or seven years. And uh, he's hilarious. He's done every late night show. And, you know, he's toured with just so many comedians. I mean, yeah, Amy Schumer, Bill Burr, Jerry Seinfeld, Louis C.K. And unfortunately now he's, he's working with us. But fortunately mm-hmm. for us, he gave us an hour of his time and we talked all things comedy and everything about his new special. Yeah, his new special, Out to Lunch, which he self-produced and is available now on YouTube. Take your jacket off, take your shoes off, take your pants off, and take your mask off, and get ready for the next hour with Mark Normand. You don't want to leave your mask on. Yeah, we don't know who you're with, so we can't really yeah, tell you sure. to take it off. That's That was wrong of us. Yeah, it's up to you. I'll take it off. All right, well, welcome, Mark Norman, to episode one of Joke Artists. Yeah, Woo! that's what it's called, Mark, if you didn't know. I did not know, and I hate it. All right, All right. Too. and that Great. is the, at the end of episode one. Uh, yeah, thanks for being our guest, Mark. Uh, take it easy. I'm joking. It's a cute name. I hate the term artist. Uh, it feels weird, but I'll take it. Well, I think, yeah, our, our idea was kind of this this pun of choke artists, so kind of ah. being the self-deprecating, uh, capturing the self-deprecation of of comedians and that, uh, that abuse that uh, you all love. Uh-huh. Yes, we do love abuse, and we get molested. Ah, so uh, mm. yeah, that's on brand. All right, is that a, that's All a right. requirement? Uh, Top three best molestation stories. <laughs> Go. All right. <laughs> anyway, well, um, <laughs> so you have a new special out. This is your third special out to lunch. You had third uh, hour, third, third hour. hour, third hour. One was an audio album only, and that was still got it. You got it, Fatty. All right. Hold on, I'm cracking, cracking a little uh, beer here. Crack it. Okay. Mm, old duels. You got it. I'm, I have a problem. I know. Yeah, this is an intervention. Uh, but so you have <laughs> Zoomvention. Zoomvention. All right. I think you you got a new term there. But uh, uh, yeah. All yeah. right. You heard it here. We're we're slowly turning into Mark. Yeah. Ah, we're, uh, we're all yeah. <laughs> Sorry, transitioning. It's good. It's good. So still got it your first hour. Your second hour slash special was Don't Be Yourself in 2017. Oh, yeah. That was when you got the old visuals going there. You got it on camera. And then now out to lunch. Is that the trick? You just do 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 an hour special every three years? Yeah, I tried to. Three, three and a half. uh, And I'm, I'm, I'm not going forward. I'm making the opposite of progress. I started with an audio, which is standard. Then I got a, a fucking TV special, which is great. And now I'm down to YouTube. Huh. Well, no, that's just how you <laughs> see it, how you're seeing it and you're kidding around. But, I mean, you know, this time you were able to do it completely all yourself, though. You know, you True. made the final cut. Yeah, yeah, all right, all right, good point. I mean, the money is lower, obviously. But maybe after about... 38 years on YouTube, I'll uh, even out. <laughs> right, right. But the money, if the money's lower, sure, but the power seems to be higher, though. 
because That's you true. were able to do it all of yourself, right? So there was nobody above you saying, hey, Mark, take this out, or some, you know, TV network saying, you know, we don't want this on. Right. Good point, good point. I guess it's empowering the same way feminists say stripping is empowering. It's still demeaning, but if you lie to yourself, it feels better. It, what would you say <laughs> is the biggest difference, though, aside from uh, the money being lower of, like Jason said, kind of having that control over the special? Because uh, you worked with Jason directly. He was your editor for this special. So did you find it was easier to work with him and say, all right, leave it in or take this out? Or, or was that kind of more daunting to have that much control? Oh, good question, Aguado. Uh, well, with uh, with the the half hour, the, the Comedy Central special, I was in the room with the guy every day for like I don't know four weeks, five weeks, uh, three weeks, whatever it was, and you know eight monitors going. He's got the big mouse and the keyboard with all the different colors on it, and uh, I mean we did it inch by inch, frame by frame, and it was fun. But Jason, this guy was good, but Jason was interesting because it was the big Rona, or it still is the Rona, and he's up in his ivory tower in Hell's <laughs> Kitchen, and I'd only talk to him, you know, once every three days, and I would annoy him, then he would annoy me, and I would say, what's up with that? He'd say, what's up with this? So it was a lot harder, but he, I also trust his vision. So it was, it was a toss-up, because the other guy I didn't know, but he was good, but I was also in the room, and Jason... I can't even see what the hell he's doing. And I don't even know what color he's making it. I don't know if I got blackface or if I'm pantsless. I don't know what's going on, but he pulled it out. So there's that, that trust there. So, I mean, how long, have, how long have you guys known each other? Obviously, to put that much trust in Jason to sit in his sweaty tower and kind of just, he already knows your tone. He knows your pacing and whatnot. Whereas maybe an editor that doesn't know you has to kind of find that out through editing you. True. Well, here's the thing about fat gay Jason is hey, wait a second. He uh, well, he also likes comedy, whereas other editors are good and talented and experienced, but I don't know how much they like comedy or get comedy. And he gets comedy, and he films a ton of specials, and he has his eye on the special, and he knows a lot about other specials and other comedians. So I trust him in that way. So he's almost, in a way, he's making the special in his apartment. He just has a bunch of footage, and he makes the thing, really. Right. So, Jason, you're, you're kind of like an editor-producer then. Uh, sort of, in a way. I mean, this special to me, um, I mean, I don't know, because it's tough, because I've known Mark now so many years. I think we're going on, Mark, maybe maybe six. Wow, um, congratulations. Really? I, I really, thought it would be more than that. Six years now. It, yeah, it could be more. I, I forget, <laughs> but I think it might be six, but I'm not sure. Um, the first time I talked to you without going fully into it uh, was right after you did your first Conan appearance. Uh huh. Um, so, whenever that was. That was when seven. was that? That was 2013, February of 2013, February 20th. Who's counting? Yeah, wow. So, yeah, it's been a long time. I mean, so I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've gotten to know you know, your mannerisms very well. And I, I, I feel, and you know, when you're going to, you know, end a joke and, you know, and, and all the little things that you sort of, you know, develop and react. Um, and 
I, you know, I, from the start, I, I, in my head, I was pretty confident enough that where I could do it, how we did it, where, you know, I was cutting stuff and just sending it to you. And even though you were, might've been like, what the hell's happening? Um, but I was confident when I sent it to you, you were going to be like, Oh, okay, this looks cool. Right. Yeah. 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 And I was, I mean, there was always, there's always what one thing we go, I don't know about that. That's a little weird. And he would change right. it, but 90% was, uh, it was all original, his idea. And like you said before, the editors that you've worked with in the past may be good editors, but they may not know comedy. So as well as trusting Jason with the vision, with bouncing ideas and kind of going, ah, I don't know about that. Do you trust him in making that decision? Him saying, no, trust me, this works this way. This is a funny delivery here. I don't think we should cut to this camera or, you know, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. And that's the other thing is not only is he, you know, I trust him and all that and he knows about comedy, but... Sometimes as the guy, the subject of the whole thing, you can't see things clearly. Like, for example, I had this big idea for a trailer, you know, the Rona happened, New York's empty, everybody's staying inside, quarantine. So I said, hey, let's do a Vanilla Sky parody and just shoot me on on a motorcycle in the middle of Times Square. It be, won't be a soul out there. And it looked cool as hell. And I sent it to Jason and he was like, hey, look, this looks fun and cool, but you want to get to those jokes, man. And I, I had all these people like, I can't wait to see the intro. And, but I just trusted him and I took his word for it. And I think he was right. Yeah. Cause that, that was originally in the special. Um, oh really? The whole vanilla sky thing. Yeah. It was, it was Mark's intro. Um, but then I just was yeah. like, I feel like people are going to be too impatient and they're like, Hey, come on, just play it. And then I think, I, I think it works so well as a teaser. And I think you, you guys did such a good job. Um, Mark and, 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 uh, what was that? Matt Sal, Salicus, right? Salicus. Salicus. Yeah. Great shooter. And, and you guys did such a good job at doing that. And it's wild because you did, you made it so good. And if you look at vanilla sky, you're like, you know, that's a multi-million <laughs> right. dollar production. Yeah. And you guys did it with what? Like one camera and like two people. Yeah, pretty much. We did it with uh, a, a one steady cam, a handheld, and then a guy editing, and that was it. Wow. Yeah, and it's it's incredible. And then it was cool, and it was just really fun to work on the real, you know, not, that was the teaser trailer, and then we worked on that, like, official trailer. Um, that was a lot of fun working on that trailer with you, you know, listing all the um, networks and stuff who, you know, you know, possibly could have passed on the special and, you know, making that fake movie trailer and, uh, you know, real self-deprecating stuff. All Jason's idea. I just kind of filled in some of the dialogue and some of the jokes, but all that was, that was all his idea, that trailer. I mean, it, it sounds like you were, you guys were right in doing that though, because like we were talking about before without, you were kind of releasing it on your own with YouTube. So the more content, the better, right? You, I mean, you're just yeah, putting out, it's yeah. just extra content. It's extra content, and it gets the mouth water, it gets the veg moist, it gets the, the whole the pancake batter bubbling. I, I've run out of them. But it's, uh, <laughs> it's got everybody, you know, got the the, the, the clip popping, you know. The people are on the edge of their seat, and we're, we're, we've seen everything on Netflix. How many times are you going to watch Ozark? Right. So then some chooch comes out with a new queef motorcycle uh video you go hey what's this douche doing and then and then you go oh, oh that was a teaser here's the real trailer Woo, baby all right and i don't want to speak out of school but a lot of these netflix specials that have all these big names your ellen's your jeff garland your whoever the fuck 
they're uh, they've been kind of falling flat, if you know what I mean. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to get too specific, but yeah, they they uh, they're flatter than your sister's ass, as my friend would say. <laughs> but yeah, like even so, when, even when you think about that, you go, "Wow, this giant network!" Like even to produce, like the silly trailer that we did, right? And and right right at the moment, if I take a look on YouTube, it's got you know over fifty thousand hits right now, and, you know, and, and it's just the trailer. But when you think about how much somebody would have cost, uh, how much a production company would have cost to produce that alone. Right, and right. realize, oh wait, we can just do it ourselves, and then see what happens. You know what I mean? And then the success of it, you go, wow, because now the special, you know, at this moment, it has way over a million views. Um, it looks like you know it's it's on its way to, uh, you know, who knows, maybe two, who knows how many millions of views it'll get. But it's it's just you know increasing and increasing, and it just kind of goes to show you that, all right, look, you had, uh you know, maybe all these meetings or, or ho- however it went down and you put it out yourself and you're like, huh, well, I guess I can just do it all me because I mean, you are the talent. And if you have the right people surrounding you who believe in what you're trying to do, I think you can just accomplish it on your own. Yeah. It's clearly, yeah. it's clear. Th- I agree. And it was a three part, three pronged attack. One you got the trailer, you got the teaser trailer, you got the, all the social media buzz going, oh, baby, oh, baby. I got Joe Rogan to tweet. I got Bill Burr to tweet it. I got Bert Kreischer to tweet it. I got all these people to tweet it. Jim Gaffigan, Apatow, uh, Schumer did a thing. So all that cooking. And I got social media on your side with trailers. Second, uh, you got the underdog factor. I went on a bunch of podcasts and I was like, these queefs won't pick up my special. I think it's pretty good. I think it's well done. I got, I, I did it. My, I had to do it myself. I played in the pocket or whatever. And, uh, so now people are like, Ooh, and all the Reddit homos, they get all, they love that shit. They're fingering their assholes. They're like, Oh my God. Oh baby. This is homemade. This is fuck the man beating the system, rage against God. the machine. And, uh, so they get all a buzz. And, and then after that, it's, it, it, it it's just, I think the jokes are good. So that's the third prong. Absolutely. I mean, your fans clearly will follow you into hell, no matter what you do. I mean, they all followed eight you, of them, all eight of them. And yep. Jason and I are, well, nine like, and 10. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> We're pending, pending acceptance there. But yeah, I guess, I mean, that's, that's kind of the, it's like the new, I mean, stand up is always kind of this grunt, like grungy indie yes. kind of underground, cool kid club. And this kind of, has a, yeah, like you said, there's a little bit of like, all right, too many people doing specials that aren't really that well thought out. And they're going on Netflix, they're going on Amazon. And this kind of shift to YouTube is kind of a resurgence of what stand up is kind of all about, right? Yeah. Well said, Fatty. Good, good on you. Well put. <sighs> I just blacked out. Yeah. You all right, Ryan? <laughs> I'll be all right. Let me, let me pick Ryan up. But do you think, I mean, do you think that's the, that's the move now? Do you think for younger comics, should their kind of, should they take their sights off of getting that, uh, comedy central production and should they, yeah, be or like, a right, Netflix me, special, or you know, do you think they should, you know, focus more, you know, going on YouTube, but well, I, well, I guess I, before you answer that question, Mark, you do have a big following, you know, and you've, you know, been building this for years. So I guess keep that in mind. True, but you say big following. If you compare me to uh, you know these other comics, these Tom Segura's and the Crystalias and the Theo Vaughns, 
I, or Eliza Schlesinger. I do not have a big following. These guys are doing theaters. They got multiple specials. They're huge podcasts. These guys are millionaires. So a big following is, is a, I don't know if that's the right way to put it. Well, I mean, we're, cause we're just talking about, you know, young comics, maybe not coming up, but you know, that are just, you know, below you that are, have their sights set on make, you know, getting a Netflix special or, or a comedy central special or an HBO special. Do you, are you saying, Hey, um, you know, you can do it all, all on your own or are you saying, Hey, still keep your sights on that. Ah, I see. I see. I think both. I, here's the, here's the clinker. And this is the shitty part of the business. Nobody wants to hear. So I did this special on YouTube. Nobody would give me an offer. I put it out there myself, blah, blah, blah. But if Netflix came to me and said, all right, next year, we love your special. Next year, we'll buy your hour. Next year, we're going to give you an hour for 300K or whatever the fuck it is. I would probably take it because it's guaranteed money up top. It's great exposure. It's like some sort of a prestige to be on Netflix or HBO or whoever the hell it is. So I would take it. So... In a way, we talk about how great it is to have it on YouTube and how much control we have, but I guess I would sell out in two seconds. So what does that tell you? Well, I, I guess it's it's then a smart move to put something out, kind of shell out what you got, yeah. pay for it, make your right. special the way you want, and clearly yours worked out, and that's kind of, it's like the proof in the pudding there. You have your special out that you financed, you put it out there, and then it's a stepping stone to maybe those Netflix discussions, No. Yeah, I guess, but I are we both are we all agreeing that that is the the ultimate win or the ultimate goal is to have a special on Netflix or HBO or because we keep blowing we keep blowing the whole YouTube put it out yourself thing. So if we're gonna keep blowing it, we gotta uh, be we gotta be honest and say, sure, that's that's the way in the door. But is that is that the end game ultimately? Right. I mean, well, that's the thing, though, Mark, with even with you or any comic, I don't necessarily even think there is a full end game because like, let's yeah. just say, Mark, HBO says you've got we're giving you five specials and you're like, wow, you know, in the, in the next 10 years, you know, you get to make five specials. Right. I mean, after that last fifth special, are you going to say, well, that that's it. It's over. I'm ending sure. it. You know, of course not. I don't think I, so. Right. You're going to keep going. Yeah. And also look at Louis C.K. I mean, Obviously, the guy's got some, you know, shit bubbling and going on. There's some issues there with the with the career, but he put out his special on his own website, not even YouTube. Yeah. So it's even right. less limited, and there's a paywall of eight dollars, which is going to also limit you. And he made millions, millions, like multiple millions. So. Oh yeah, I'm sure. So maybe that's the end game. Well, I mean, that's a tough call about an endgame for that specific person only because of the predicament. But he was doing that before he, you know, all the trouble and everything went down, right? I mean, he was yeah. he was putting out his own specials, right? Or am I wrong? No, he he was the first guy to do the $5 special on his website. He did that. He did that in the height of his powers. And he made so right. much money yes. that he gave like millions of dollars. He gave like $5 million to charity and shit just because he was like, I don't know what to do with all this cash. So... If Netflix is going to pay you 300k or 400k, which is nothing to sneeze at, and great money for us guys like us, yeah. but it, if you, if you can use your your name and your genius and all that and your clout to get 13 million, then I think uh, that's that's a win over Netflix. Right, and I mean, do you think also that I mean, 
with that said, you know, you have your fan base, you make it more accessible, and there's a little bit of a risk there. But Louie put out a good product. I mean, he made sure that yeah. that was that yeah. eight dollars was very much worth it. And you too. I mean, you know, you could say, oh, well, this this YouTube special's free. It's probably, eh. and then you yeah. watch and you're like, my God, what? Like this is ridiculous. Uh, this is this is free. Yeah, oh, and man. and the thing, and I'm not like we're not kissing your ass here, but um, but we're not doing it. But I'm just saying one thing, and like, and I love Comedy Central, but what I'm what what I am saying is is that so you put your special out right, and then just a couple weeks later, Comedy Central puts out your old special, you know, on YouTube, yeah, to counteract of your special. So when people are Googling it or YouTubing it, I, you know, is what I think is they're like, Oh, let me just put Mark Norman here. Oh, this must be the special, you know, because people may not know, you know, uh, fans of yours may not know. Um, or, or I'm sorry, not fans of yours, like not fans of yours may not know that this is an older special. And the thing is, then you look at the comments, you look at the YouTube comments and there's all these people going, Oh, look at Comedy Central trying to, you know, uh, reap yeah. the benefits off Mark's own special, and they're all with you. And that's what I'm saying. Where you go, wow, like uh, a weird move on their end by maybe not accepting your special if that's what went down, and then it is putting that out. Yeah, I know it's very strange. And well, a couple things with that is one, I heard they're like they're kind of done, like they're just gonna move on to. They're going to be like a funnier die now. They're going to be all web. Wow. That's a rumor, but that's what I've heard. Uh, two, uh-huh. I wonder if their crazy, wacky business bullshit mind, if they're like, hey, I can't tell if they're like, hey, let's try to jump on his bandwagon while he's got some good numbers. Maybe we can get some good numbers. Maybe people want to keep seeing more Mark content. Or if they're saying this might help him, which I, I, I highly doubt. Why would they want to help me? It's tough call because at one point, it's like, tough. you know, um, I mean, you know, I'll never forget because I was there during that special doing a lot of behind the scenes for the documentary I'm working on with you. Yeah. Um, but and, you know, and it was amazing. It was incredible to see, you know, you and Amy work together and do this whole, you know, just capture the whole behind the scenes of it and just see how the intricate workings of a big, big comedy special works with, you know, a giant jib and all that money and everything like that. But so you never forget, obviously, that they gave you that shot. You know, you're like, oh, thank you. You know what I mean? And that's what's amazing about it at the same time. But then it's kind of like, you know, it's weird because you had already proven yourself. You know, you said, hey, like I did this really good job. Yes, it's still bittersweet, though, because I wouldn't have gotten it without her name on it, without Amy's name on it. So I got to hand it to her for giving, you know, putting the time and effort in to get me the special. She doesn't want to be there, you know? She doesn't want to be intro me. She wants to be at home watching Brady Bunch or whatever the fuck, you know, using a dildo. She doesn't want to be wearing a nice dress and going, Mark Norman, everybody. Ah! She doesn't care, you know? So... I, I appreciate her for that, but they wouldn't have given me one without her there, without her name on it. Mm. Even on uh, even on the YouTube, it says Amy Schumer presents. So I'm like, come on, you can't just fucking put my name on there all the way. You gotta, you know. But I get it. But it's still a business, you know. It's still they're like this yeah, guy's right. not a name. He's not famous, so they got to put her name on it, which is fine. But that's why I still don't really have this soft spot in my heart for them i got a soft spot in my head because i was dropped as a baby and i'm a i'm a dwarf but uh, 
but yeah, so I, the soft spot for the for the Comedy Central is it's not not really there. I'm, I'm grateful they had me and blah blah blah, but they still turn this one down, and it's doing great numbers. And I love seeing the comments where people go, uh, "Why did anyone pick this up? This is better than most right. shit on whatever. What the fuck's right. going on here?" Oh, and then and then the Comedy Central special is like. Oh, they're trying to ride the coattails. These these pieces of shit, yeah. you know, backstabbing traitors. Now they come a call, you know. So I love it all. I bring it on. I say. Yeah, it's weird. It's a, it's um, you know, almost like a, a YouTube civil war. You know. Yes. Um, yes. This is special battling the special. Yeah, exactly. And and, the, and, the and you're almost battling yourself. You know. It, it's doing pretty well too. It's got over 200k in like three days or four days or whatever it is. So. Yeah. Right, yeah. Well, you're a special, the one you did by yourself, um, the views are, they went up much quicker than this one, and that was, you know, obviously on your own. And, sure, sure. You know, you've gone up now subscribers, and you've gone up followers, and Twitter, you know, and Twitter followers, and Instagram followers. And since releasing the special, though, on your own, what has social media been like? How different has it been, if any? Uh, very different, very different. Now I try to kind of funnel everything because I just want people to see this, but I just want to get eyeballs on it. We worked hard on it. We paid for it. So I try to just funnel everything. I, I used to just try to be funny on Twitter, get some followers, get some followers on Instagram. Here's a funny photo. Here's a photo of me farting into a, a baby's face or whatever it is, you know? And now I'm like, yeah, now I'm like, all right, let me fart into a baby's face. And on the baby's face, I'll write out to lunch on his forehead. You know, it all kind of, it, it's like a gutter that I'm just trying to get back to the YouTube. Keep watching, keep watching. And then now I'm learning about the YouTube algorithm and I'm trying to get more content on YouTube and draw that back to the special. Cause if you like this, they'll recommend the special and then people will click on that. Cause to me, nothing I like more than, uh, I never heard of you before saw the special. Now I'm a huge fan. And now I'm into your podcast. Now I'm into your other videos. Now I'm into this and that. So that that's the goal. Yeah. And that's what I was getting at. That's what I was kind of asking. Like, so, so just because of the special now, since it has so many views, you know, and it keeps going up over a million have new fans been reintroduced to you. And, and that's what I was sort of asking, sorry, on how social media has changed for you since that special release, like fan wise. Oh, it, it helps. Like, I'm just kicking up all the time. Like, you know, before I'd put out a, a cool photo or a good episode of a podcast and you get a couple of uh, new followers. Now I'm just getting new followers randomly because they're just some guy in India or some guy in Russia saw the special and they just go, never heard it before. Here's the follow. So it's nice to have work you put out and not just a funny photo or a meme. It's nice to have work you put out, get your following to go up and get your, your, your level raised in the business kind of, so to speak. I mean, it's a full-time job doing social media. It is. It's, it really, it's, I it's do insane. it every day. It's insane, but it, it does work. I just pray, you know, cause it's always changing, you know, like TikTok's here one day, it's gone the next. Uh, so, you know, Instagram, you put so much blood, sweat and jizz into, and then one day it's like, well, Instagram's out. Now it's uh cunt chat and snap snatch and this and that. So, <laughs> It's, uh, these it's are always... all porn names, right? By the way, <laughs> yeah, yeah, these are all porn sites. These, yeah, these are definitely porn apps. But, all right. but I mean, like we said before, your fans are going to follow you no matter where you go. You hope, you hope. But like Snapchat, I just couldn't figure out. I'm too dumb. I couldn't get the filters, and I hate the bunny ears, and I thought it was stupid. My dick's small, so I just gave up on that. <laughs> Luckily, it, it just went away, kind of. But uh, 
TikTok now is bigger than my mother's clit. And, you know, hopefully, I don't know if that's going away. And then they're like, TikTok might beat YouTube. And it, the Asians are behind it, and they're better than us at everything. So who knows? That is true. I mean, speaking of your fans, though, um, I mean, you have a specific shtick. And you have a specific kind of voice. And when we were talking about comments on your special and comments on your video, it's always funny to see fans basically, one, recite jokes back to you, and uh. two, comment on your videos in clearly your tone and, and right. your kind of pacing of jokes. Is What does that kind of feel like to, to kind of, it's almost like how they would say like a rock star hears people singing their songs songs back when you always hear something like, it's so amazing to hear someone sing my song back to me. But you get that all the time. Is that kind of wild for you? It is. It's uh, Well, Norm MacDonald has that great joke. He's like, uh, you ever have somebody try to flatter you by doing an impression of you and it's always in, always comes off insulting? They're like, oh, I do a great you. Oh, yeah, let me hear it. Ah! <laughs> He's like, what the fuck? That's me? But yeah. Sometimes it's, 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 it's flattering. They take the time. Like I have a guy on, I tweet eight jokes a day, probably five jokes a day, whatever it is. And I put some time into them and I care about them and I want it to be a good joke. And I want people to like it and retweet it or whatever it is. And there's a guy now, I hate to give this guy any kind of press, but his name is Mark Norman joke Raider. So I'll tweet a joke and he'll just write immediately like 8.5, 7.8, 9.1. And I'm like, God damn it. How does this guy do it? I don't know if he lives in a basement with his fat mom or if he drives the forklift, but he is on it every single time. And it's annoying because I'm like, stop rating my jokes because it hurts my feelings. <laughs> but it's also like, wow, this guy, it's a full-time job with this guy because he doesn't know what I'm going to tweet. Do you agree so with his ratings like, though? Sometimes I do. And that's what hurts the most. I'm like, God, oh, that one was a six. You come <laughs> guzzling Nazi. God damn it. But, uh, but, you know, also it's just annoying because I'm like, I'm trying to work out, you know, I'm trying to, sometimes if a tweet doesn't do well, I'll, I'll delete it, then I'll rewrite it and I'll put it out there and it kills. So that's all part of comedy. You know, comedy is the only art form where you need an audience reaction, basically, to kind of gauge your shit. So right. he's kind of throwing me off a little bit, so it's a little annoying, but it's also kind of like, wow, there's a guy willing to do this every day. And I mean, you can say the same about trolls. Like, if you have some trolls, that means you're doing pretty well. Yeah, I guess you so. You know, like, that means people care enough uh, to take the time to yell at you and call you a, a, a piece of shit. Right. So, it's a, it's a weird existence. I mean, if you take the most beloved, like, who's the most beloved person of all time? I don't know, like, Jack Nicholson, people seem to like. Yeah, I think that's him. Yeah. There's some guy right now Nicholson. sharpening a knife with Jack Nicholson posters all over the wall, just throwing them at his face. You know, like it, it, we forget that comes with it. It's all, everybody's like, Oh, the praise and the love women want to fuck him and men want to be him. Uh, but no, no, uh, you forgot the, uh, the psychos who've got that guy's name on a list. And now they, they, they jump out of a helicopter and try to kill him in his uh, mansion on, in Venice. Yeah. So, has that ever happened to you, by That's the way? Like, has, has 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 there been people that have just you know really creeped you out? Like you know, fans of yours? I mean, yeah, yeah. I've had guys follow me back to my hotel and Holy like, cow. I just want to talk, man. I, I feel like we're connected. I feel like we have the same brain. I feel like we know each other, even though you don't know me. I know you, and I mean, it's just 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 let me wow. in. I can fucking change your mind, and we could, we should hang out. Here's my number. Here's my address. Like, I've gotten that shit before and i'm nobody so imagine what fucking 
you know, Gal Gadot gets. And, and, and your motto, them, so. your motto is to have sex with them no matter what, and then you figure out if they're crazy or not. The guy or right. girl. Yes, yes. Well, that's one of the perks of being a guy. I'm just like, yeah, all right, let's go fuck. But they're hard to get rid of. Yeah, no. I mean, we, Wait, we, we had <laughs> we we had um, <laughs> we worked with Adam Ray on our other terrible show, Two Buffoons, and good he, egg. Good he, guy. he is oh, so yeah, funny, he's so hilarious. good. So nice, and he was nice enough to uh, bring us to his his stand up uh, show at, at Gotham. Oh yes, the, the night after we filmed, and he was telling us he, ah. he was like, "Guys, I'm like freaking out because there's this woman from England who literally has flown to New York City to come to the show, and she goes on every like if he's on a cruise, she'll be on that cruise. If he's if wow. he's in Boston, she'll fly there. And and he's like, I don't wow. know what to do. He's like, the best thing I can do is be nice. And he was so sweet and so nice to her, but it was so scary to witness. Yes, yes. I, I have glimpses of that. Like, I have an East Coast lady or a West Coast lady, but I had nothing like flying in or all that shit, like international. And that lady had to use a passport to be a creep. Yeah. That's insane. Wow. Uh, but and it, he's also a handsome guy. I, I look like a... Uh, you know, a raccoon shit in a, in a, in a <laughs> ball of hair. Yeah. But, but like you were uh, saying, there's people for that. There's people against it and for it. That's yeah. true. That's true. I guess you're right. There's Someone's chubby and there's uh, yeah. <laughs> Very specific one. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. But has anything ever gotten out of hand? Has, has there been a fan or somebody you've been like, all right, you don't have to name names. Obviously I'm just saying like a story where, you know, has uh, maybe you've had to have somebody, you know, taken out of a club or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The the worst of the, the guys after the show, like, you know, I drink, uh, I drink a fair amount. So I'll do some show in Cincinnati or some show in Detroit or wherever the fuck I am. And I'm at the improv or the funny bone, whatever it is. And you shake everybody's hand after the show. You go, hey, thanks for coming. That was fun. We take a photo, maybe a hug. Maybe I'll sign some bullshit, sell a CD. And then you go back to your green room, you go, whoo, that was tough. You're sitting there with the opening act. You're like, all right, let's have a couple cocktails. And we'll sit in the green room and let everybody leave because you don't want to leave the building while they're all getting into their cars because then it starts a whole other, whoo, there he is. Right. That's the guy. Ah, blow me. You know, you suck. Yeah, your dad's gay, whatever it is. <laughs> so we just kind of hang out in the green room, let them let them clean the, the showroom. The cooks are, you know, doing their thing, cleaning up the kitchen. And you just kind of kill time and have a few cocktails. And there's been many times where the manager comes in and goes, look, we've been closed for three hours now. You guys should hang in here because a few people won't leave. They're like Whoa. waiting outside. And we told them to leave, but they're like, this is private uh, public property. We can stay. We're just going to wait for Mark. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I'll just end up staying in the club for like seven hours. And then they finally get sick of it and leave. And then I can go to the hotel. Oh, man. I mean, that's nuts. I've, I've seen it firsthand, though. I mean, so – I've done it's, it firsthand. Yeah, I've done it to you, Mark. Um, by the way, here's where I come out. But, so, um, I mean, I, you know, I've seen it over the years, you know, uh, doing this documentary on you and, you know, filming you for so many years. You know, I've seen, you know, hardcore fans who are, you know, some of them are super great and some of them are just like, whoa. Um, and, you know, I'm not the one yeah. here to tell any stories, but, you know, I've, I've seen it. And I'm like, wow, I wonder how he deals with it. And I also really wondered when you had to first sign something, if that's something you even remember. And it might seem, you know, mm. I don't know if it's big to you or anything like that, but it's it, it must feel weird. 
It's weird. I, signing is weird because it's kind of an old, uh, uh, what do you call it? Yeah, it's something, you know, uh, let me get your autograph, sir. You know, from yeah, like something like the, 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 you know, the 40s or yeah. 50s, 60s, whatever. The weirdest know. one, the weirdest one I had, and I, I remember pretty well, I was on, I was on, uh, I was in Vancouver, and I was doing the Yuck Yucks, and, you know, that's just like a basic club there. It's right. Like, you know, the bottom of the barrel. It's a great room, but uh, whatever, it's it's not like a, a big improv or a theater. And uh, I was walking from, like, a coffee shop to my hotel at like 6 p.m. and the show is at eight. And this kid stops and he's like, "Oh man, I'm coming to see you tonight! Holy shit, I'm bringing my whole family!" And I was like, "What the fuck?" And, and like <laughs> it blew my mind because he was he recognized me from the street and wanted to come see me later. And I had to take a photo. And then his dad walked up and his dad was like parallel parking. And he's like, "Dad, he's the guy!" Dad's, dad's <laughs> like, "Oh my god, I know you're and he quoted some bit." And we had, I took a photo wow. of the whole, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe anybody could recognize me and was coming to the show. It, it blew my mind. I remember being in the hotel later, like, holy shit, things are uh, turning around, maybe. And uh, the show had eight people. But wow. uh, and he was, his, his family, whole family was, was the family. audience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, big family, big Catholic family. And yeah, that was, but even still, that was, that was a big deal for me. Like, wow, some guy just to get recognized on the street was weird because you know, it wasn't for a catch a predator or anything like that. In my earlier work, it right. was just for, for uh, my act. I mean, it's gotta be incredible. And it's gotta be such a weird feeling like that. And then the feeling of when the, comedy club that you've been coming up in takes your photo and puts it on the wall with the other comics that you admire. Yes. yes. Does that kind of all make you like, all right, so you have your pictures on the wall. People are asking for autographs. Do you now even more so get in your own head when you're about to perform? Like shit, I got to live up to this, this, this eight, eight person family and my picture on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I used to, cause, uh, before you're a draw, which is what they call it if you like sell out, you know, like I used to just go to clubs and the only audience I would get is people going, well, we have nothing to do tonight. We got free tickets to a comedy show. Let's go to the funny bone. And I would be the guy there. So I had to make strangers laugh. They don't know me. They don't get me. So you got to get them to understand your voice immediately. You got to get them to, because the whole time they've got their arms crossed going, all right, you're lucky I'm here. Uh, entertain me puppet clown bitch and you're like okay i will because <laughs> if you don't the manager will be like hey they, they hated you like you can't come back so eventually you just have to do that for years and years and years and it's so fucking daunting and brutal and you think you'll never get out of it so when you start slipping out you can see it so clearly because you're like oh i feel like i'm transitioning and then eventually it was half-filled rooms of people with free tickets and then half filled people who knew me. And I was like, Oh wow, I got a half and a half here. And then eventually it was 75% people who know me and then the rest. And then they always say, if you can get 10% of the crowd on your side, the rest will listen. So oh. when you got 75% of the people, the people who don't know you, the, the 25 who don't know you, they're going, well, they're laughing. This guy must be honest. And then they start laughing more. And it's like this subconscious contagious effect and now I'm I'm selling out finally. Well, I was before fucking the world ended, but uh, now it's a whole different ballgame. And now I've been going for so many years that I feel like I've, I've earned it. And I got a place on the wall. And it's so funny how humans work. You know, you're like, I did all that work. I made it here brick by brick. I built this whole house brick by brick. I made it. 
And then you're like, this fucking guy, who, how'd he get here? You start looking at headshots like, that guy sucks. Why is he working here? And you're like, that was you, you cunt. That was you one day back then. Like, let him build a house. Right. But, you know, that's human nature. We're all twats. With that being said, though, do you look at your your three or your three hours, uh, like your first hour, your second special, your third special? Do you look back and do you see major changes in your confidence, in your delivery, in your your stage presence? Totally. And does totally, that drive you crazy? Yeah. No, it's good. It's good. I mean, anytime you move, you just want to be you're like a was it Woody Allen says you want to be like a shark. You know, if you just stop moving uh, forward, you're gonna die. And it's true because we've all seen that comic who just stuck in nineteen. 19- 83 and he hates being up there he's staring at the clock he's counting the seconds you've got to keep mixing it up it's like a marriage you got to throw in a a fucking black dick and a a lube and a fire hose and a fire poker whatever you got to do just to keep it fresh right and do you so you finished this this third special i my mind immediately always goes back to that uh that Seinfeld special, I'm telling you for the last time, where the opening scene is him burying all his old jokes, yeah. and he's like vowing to <laughs> yeah. never do them again. Do you, is there yeah. a sense of like, all right, I put out this special, now I gotta not use these jokes and go out on the road, and even though you can't now because, like, as you said, the world's over, and uh, yeah. and start new material. Of course, of course. I mean, that's the that's the way the cookie cookie crumbles. I mean, you can get away with doing you know two minutes here, three minutes there, five minutes here, but I just feel like they came out because they liked that special. And if you do it again, they're kind of like, all right, we, uh, we had Chinese food last night kind of thing. Right. Like, Hey, we've seen this. Mm-hmm. We, that's why we're here. We wanted something new. It's, it's the opposite of music. Music Led Zeppelin comes out. They're like, come on, stairway to heaven. Come on, cashmere. Right. Come on. What a fool in the rain. But with, with, uh, with comedy, like heard it boring. There's no greatest hit. Yeah. I mean, unless you're like Brian Regan or you get, or Gaffin with Hot Pockets, it's very rare to have a greatest hits with a comic. So you got to have the fresh stuff. And the beauty of comedy is they care. They 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 like the way your mind works. It's not just about the joke. The jokes are great. The jokes is what reel them in. But they go, I like the way this guy thinks. I like what this guy's wow, saying. Yeah. So I want to see the new shit because I want to know more about what you're saying. I want to know more about what, how how your brain works. And that's what's cool about comedy. It's not just ha ha. It's ah, and uh, I think that's a big part of it. And like, since everybody, you know, since you feel that way, did you ever feel that it was also about, you know, your stage presence or even like what you're wearing on stage? Did you ever go like, oh, I shouldn't, I should wear sneakers and or this or or you know, has that yes, never gone through yes. your mind? No, that's all. That all comes later. Like, like you start sitting there, like, why does Mulaney wear a suit? Why does Simon wear a suit? Why does Louis wear a black T-shirt? That's all premeditated. It's all comfort. It's all character. Because when you're really building a, a an act and a, and a comedic archetype, you're kind of saying like, this is the guy I am now. This is who I am. Like Seinfeld's like, I'm a professional. I'm sophisticated. Right. I'm an artist. I'm wearing a suit. And Louis's like, I'm a schlub, I'm bald, I'm a dad, I'm fat. You're like, so he's got a t-shirt on with a stain and jeans. So I definitely started kind of like going, what do I dress as? Do I go alt-right and have a MAGA hat? Do I go uber <laughs> left and wear a, a daishiki and have blue hair? Like, which one is it? <laughs> so I think the key is to dress like, hey, this is, this is how I actually am. This is how I want you to perceive me. And it's got to be 
feel right for you. Did you have people early on say, hey, you know, I, I saw you're wearing a button-down shirt. You should be wearing T-shirts or you should wear a hoodie. Did you have anybody kind of give you input on what you should wear? I did. I did. And I try to go against the grain. Like, it, when I started comedy, everybody had a fucking beard, a flannel shirt, a hoodie, and a, and a one-strap backpack. Every goddamn comic. I also started in Brooklyn, so it was that was big then. But it was like a uniform, and I was like, this sucks. Our whole thing is to be original, to be individuals, to have some, uh, you know, point of view. Why would I want to be a cookie-cutter cunt and look like all you dweebs? So I immediately went the other way. And uh, I still try to do that. Like, like uh, sometimes I'll be wearing something, and all the comics in the group are like, what the fuck is that? What are you doing? This looks weird. I'm like, good, good. I mean, I'm not going to wear a... Uh, a fucking uh, hazmat suit or a, a tuxedo up there. I'm not going to go that far, but I think I think you having your own look is the best. Like I had a guy on my special comment. I read every comment. He wrote, uh, "I saw this guy wearing the same outfit on a podcast. This dude's the real deal," which meant so much to me because he was like, "This guy, he's not worried about his outfit. He's worried about the jokes." Right. I mean, I saw you in California. I think it was earlier that day or the day before you filmed. It was the day before you filmed the special, I think. I just happened to run into you on the street, which was very just strange. Um, and oh, you, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. I mean, remember? That's you were crazy. like, what the hell? It was so weird. Um, yeah. And you were wearing that coat. You were wearing the jacket that you wore on the special. <laughs> and that was a day before. Yeah. I think you have a problem, Mark, because when I was with you at Fallon, obviously you're wearing a suit. And then the, that day, I think you flew to L.A. and were on Rogan and you're wearing the suit still. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, I like to get as much out of clothing as I can. I don't want to just take I, I'm not one of these change guys. I, I, I put something on. I'm wearing it for two days. Right. I remember a great thing was when I went with a comedian, Judah Freelander, to um, Bonnaroo. And instead of packing, he wore all of his clothes onto the plane. <laughs> he wore like, a, like five T-shirts, a bunch of jackets, pants. He just wore them all on. Was and, it in the uh, summer? Yeah. I, I, yeah, it was summer, actually. Yeah, Bonnaroo's, uh, I think, in July or something. I don't, oh, I don't even know. Um, yeah. And, and also add a full beard, a long hair, and a hat. Yeah. Um, but, you know, maybe it's a comic thing. Maybe it's, you know, you wear your clothes, you know, as much as possible. Um, but I always thought that was uh, something really cool. Comics are weird about day-to-day stuff. We're weird about our clothes. We're weird about showering. We're weird about our hair. We're weird about our skin, like brushing our teeth. We all have these weird rituals. We were really? weird about day-to-day stuff. Yeah. I don't know why that is. What about character though? Like, do you ever feel that like you're falling into a character or do you feel like genuinely, it's always you. Cause I mean, obviously some of these jokes, you know, obviously these are all your thoughts, but you know, they're enhanced to a certain degree, I would say just like any comic, you know? Um, yeah. So do you ever feel like, you know, you've accidentally fallen into this, uh, personification, this person. And is it hard to come out of it? If you feel like that, because there's no way you are cooking dinner and you're always on because that would be horrible. No. No, no, no. But yeah, you, you know, it's a good question. Totally. You, you kind of slip into like my girlfriend, she's a salesperson on the phone. Uh-huh. So she goes into her phone voice every uh-huh. time. She's like, hello, how are you? Good to see you. Yeah. We have an amazing offer for you today. But, and I'm like, that's not how she talks, but it's still her. It's just like, 
Right. Is it work now? And I, I think over the years you get on stage so much, you get on a podcast so much, you get on whatever that you can kind of just slip into it easily. And, uh, it's almost like you see a batter go up to bat and he's like a normal guy, but all of a sudden he's a bat. He's scratching his balls. He spits. It's the fucking bat on his feet, on his feet. Like he just goes into that mode. And I think it's the same for comics. Like you crack the neck twice and then you just go on the mic and you, it, it has to become second nature after a while. And that's, that's really when you can feel it. Like I, I remember noticing being on like Opie and Anthony and shows like that being like, Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm figuring out who I am now. Like it, it's coming together. You have little glimpses of it. And then one day it's just there. It's like riding a bike. Like, Oh, you're, you're all wobbly. You put your feet down. Oh, you're wobbly. Then one of your wobb- less wobbly, then less wobbly. The next day you're fucking doing a handstand on the handlebar. So it's the same as that. You just got to do it over and over. So much of this is repetition, trial and error. You got to try this, try that. Bill Burr always says in comedy, if you, if you're not good at something, try to try to do that all the time. And then eventually it's everything in your body telling you not to do that thing. But if you keep doing it, it'll become normal. But how and I think that's true about everything. Oh, I mean, that's that's, uh, you know, really, really good and well said. But is it but have you ever found yourself, though, like I was saying, have you ever found yourself stuck there? Because, um, you know, after you do a set and you meet fans, these fans want to meet the guy that's on stage. They might not uh, want to meet yes. the person who's off stage. So um, and I know, obviously, you know, knowing you for many years now, you know, you're not obviously very different from who you are on stage, but you, but sometimes, you know, you slip into this guy who is on stage and, and do you, do you see it though? Or is it hard or does it bother you at all? Do you ever go, wait, what do you ever remember back before, you know, you were this really, really great comic? Like, do you remember, um, you know, years and years ago who you were before that? And do you ever go, oh, wait, that was me then? I mean, I know we're always growing, but do you remember who you were before that and now? And do you feel like maybe you've ever gotten stuck in something or do you feel confident in the way uh, that you are? Interesting, interesting. Wow, that's a good question. Uh, see, this guy gets comedy. You, you think about it. There it is. Um, are you, uh, you know, crazy? That's basically what Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I think both of them, both the stage you and the real you, uh, are both obviously... The stage you came from the real you, so it's it's like the the dirt and the plant, you know, and and eventually the uh-huh. dirt and the plant are one thing. Like you pull the plant out, the dirt comes with it. Mm. You know, the roots are stuck in the dirt. So it's kind of like, yeah, yeah. I always know who I was, but I always wanted to be this thing, this kind of comic comedy guy living in New York. So of course, like I, I always go back to New Orleans. I hang out with my old friends from middle school, high school, elementary school, and we go right back into it. Okay. And, and do they say you are different or do they say, do they not skip a beat? It doesn't, don't skip a beat. We don't even notice. And I don't know if that's me just slipping back into that world or if I'm setting the stage guy to the side at that moment, but it doesn't even feel weird. And, and also I'm not, I have no ego really. Like I have no, right. I'm not one of these like, Oh, I'm a big shot now. I got a, <laughs> I got a comedy central special. Hey, I, I don't have that in me. Well, you've said and that multiple think, times, but <laughs> well, I think, I think the guys who have that in them are not doing that well for being honest. Right. Like, I don't think they're they're They figured out their voice or whatever the hell. So 
I realize it's a stage voice. I realized I was at the mall today, blah, blah, blah. So I, I know I can slip in and out of it, and that's just probably on accident or by habit. But, of course, I still know who I am. And I try to be as transparent as I am in, uh, in like, real life and on stage. I try to keep it pretty even. That's great. I mean, because that makes sense. No, that definitely makes sense because I'm such a big fan of Chris Farley. I don't, I don't know if you are, but my whole thing and my whole interpretation of his career was that, you know, he was on, he was always on. And like, I feel like what drove him to death was that, you know, I I feel part of it probably was that he was, besides the drugs, that was that he was always on. And I I don't, I, I would assume that he just got stuck in this personification and there was no way out. And he was, I think that was a, that was more of a sadness, depressed, like uh, insecure. Mm. I don't know how else to be. If I'm not this Farley fat guy, funny, hilarious dude falling through a table, they're not going to care. I think that was more of that than like, I'm, I'm, who am I? I'm stuck between this and that. I think he was always, that fat guy who was like, I'll do whatever you want to get a laugh. Cause I think that was just like his brain saying you're worthless, but the only thing you got to do something. But the only thing about that is that it's been said in so many interviews that he had this big soft heart and that he, um, could have been a great dramatic actor. And you can see glimpses of that in Tommy boy and some other, I believe some that. Other movies. I believe that. So I believe that. Right. So that's when he became not the fat, funny guy who falls through a table. So that's what I'm saying. Like maybe he got stuck. I don't know. And that was kind of my thought always, uh, you know, about any comic and, you know, about yourself, like, you know, because you're, you're just, you know, you're rising and rising and, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that this is, exactly who you wanted to be and who you want to be. I mean, yeah, but I'm not, I mean, he was so funny. Farley was next level. Godlike personality, funny. The, the whole presence was amazing, but I think he was just fucked mentally. I think he could have used some mental help, sure. some, some therapy, some ther- rehab, whatever. Uh, he needed, he, that guy just needed a fucking hug. Yeah. You know? And I think, I think guys like him have put a nice, nice uh, imprint on comics like me where we go, all right. I mean, look how many comics I have. Mitch Hedberg, Greg Giraldo, right. like Ralphie May, right. Patrice O'Neill. They just, we, we, we drop like flies, but it's because we don't sit there and go, why am I so on? Why am I so jokey? What the fuck's wrong with me? And I think I'm so aware of that, that it won't, I won't go to the, you know, I won't let that happen. But he didn't know he didn't. That was in the nineties. Yeah. No, I yeah. mean, that's great because I had a brief, um, time where I was able to hang out with Patrice, fortunately, and my only times hanging out with him, he was that guy I saw on stage when I was like, oh, okay, he's still that guy. Okay, maybe he's still doing it. He's still doing it. And then it never ended. So I was like, oh, I guess that's just uh, him. To me, that was what was what it was. And I mean, I loved it. I, I loved every minute, you know, that I got to hang out with him. It was just, you know, he was very, very funny. Um, and I don't know if you got to meet him. No, I never met. I saw him a lot, but I never talked to him. Oh, okay. And that was my whole thing of it. And I was like, wow, this guy, you know, he is doing the same thing he's doing on stage. He's talking with that mannerism. He's talking on stage and his presence was the same, you know, again, to me, maybe if I had left, you know, the room full of people, maybe he would have, you know, been completely different, but no, that's, that's refreshing. And it's good to hear that this is, 
you know, exactly who you want to be. And obviously, you know, you're, you're still growing into whatever you want. So like, you know, as you're growing and you see people like sell out the garden, like, you know, Schumer or, or, or Dane Cook years ago and all these people who sort of get this larger than life, um, performance because it's, you know, because the arena is so big, is that something that you want to do? Is that something somewhere you want to go? Do you want to go to this, um, you know, Gaffigan Burr, like, you know, this, this level. Sure. I mean, I don't need to be doing the garden. I have no, I don't need to be that famous. I, I have no desire. I've seen fame. I've seen people deal with it. It's not pretty. I don't need, I don't have a hole that big. I mean, not to shit on those famous people. Some people are just so likable and talented that they become that famous. Right. Uh, I, I like, I like having a manageable, lifestyle uh, of fame. I don't want to really? live like that. The paparazzi in your face. I don't want to go to the airport and get, get mobbed. And I, I, I think that's horrible. That, and all of those people just seem, you, you actually hear an interview. They seem all depressed. They can't leave the house. You know, I, I like, uh, Gaffigan is nice because he's a zillionaire, but he's also kind of, uh, an every man in the way he can just like go to the, the, the bodega and the guy behind the counter is not going to be like, Oh, Oh, it's fucking hot bucket, hot bucket. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that's not going to happen to him probably. Cause he's so normal looking. Um, but like Seinfeld, of course is fucked. So like, so how do you do I that? Know, I don't know if I'd want to be that big, but how do you prevent that? Though? How that's do you prevent question. that from happening? Like, because like in my mind, shooting this documentary with you for those years, I see that as an inevitable ending for you not and i don't mean ending i mean like a um i don't know somewhere <laughs> somewhere where you'll be at at some point right so how do you look, how will look, you look at louis would, look at louis louis aside from if the scandal never happened how well would people know louis I, my mom didn't know about him until the scandal okay that's a good like, point would he a household name right. i don't know maybe yeah, i mean bill burr yeah, but bill, he still couldn't walk down the street burr, though. really yeah, but Louis still couldn't like What's probably that? walk down the street in Manhattan, you know, even before that without people stopping him, you know, going, "Hey, can I get a Yeah, maybe not Manhattan. Maybe not, but I feel like if he was in uh, Columbus, Ohio, I feel like he'd be all right. He might get <laughs> okay. two guys. I don't, I don't know. Bill Burr's. It's not Tom Cruise. I don't want to be Tom Cruise. Is what I'm saying. Right. Right. I, and but I think to answer Jason's question, Jason, when you were saying, how do you avoid that? Yeah. I mean, we just named all yeah. these obviously amazing, impressive people, but. They all have amazing and horrible scandals that our moms know about. Tom Cruise, the craziness on Oprah. Right. Uh, Louis, unfortunately. Right, right. I mean, you could say Woody Allen we talked about. All these people that are just megastars and hilarious, were, they're kind of known for their faults more than anything else. That's how they became household yeah. names. Well, sometimes they... That's yeah. what people do. But what, but, but what happens, Mark, if it starts heading in that direction or if you feel that it is, if you now like uh, land your own TV show or something, what do you do? Are you, do you say no? No, I guess you do it. I I mean, not to sound like a chooch, but when I was having that pizza date with Seinfeld and I was like, ah, I don't want to be famous. He goes, ah, you got to do it. Cause how else are they going <laughs> to buy tickets? Why else would they buy tickets? You want to sell out? Don't you? I was like, ah, shit. So in that way, I guess you have to do it, but, you know, I, I just I don't want to be like a pop star, right? I mean, but luckily you were able, like we were talking about before, you kind of we have you have Chris Farley to look to to kind of see what is just a, an amazing person to aspire to comedically, but also there's these kind of um, 
red flags of like what to avoid that get passed down from comic to comic. And to be able to sit with Seinfeld though, who's kind of made it out pretty clean in his success. I mean, you got to open for him at the beacon, which is insane. And then you got to have pizza with him afterwards and hang out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We chatted. He had a couple glasses of wine, picked his chew brain for a while. And, uh, it was one of the best nights of my life. I, I can't imagine. Was that somebody also like what we were talking about before that you're kind of, you're, you can't even be in the moment because it's, it's Seinfeld and are you like hearing him say something normal but thinking like, ah, this could be an episode. This could be a Seinfeld episode. Like just of how course. he talks. He, yeah, you're, I mean, I, I'm, the, that voice has been in my head for 30 years. You know, I watched the show and it was on NBC with my parents, you know, as a, as a youth. And yeah. so like, well, the first time I met him, I remember being like, I just want to go yada, yada, yada. I want to go, uh, not there's anything wrong with that. Uh, right. Sloppy's all sloppy, you know, whatever it is. And <laughs> it was so hard not to and act normal. And even still, we've hung out and we texted regularly. And I'm still counting the, is this too many words? Uh, let me spell check. Uh, delete, 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 rewrite, rewrite, you know, which has probably hurt our relationship, I'm sure, because I keep second guessing everything I do. I'm not just myself. But yeah, of course, it's insane. The whole thing's insane. When you open for him, does does he have to approve your set? Like, do you say, "Hey, what do you think no, of this? Is no. this all right?" No, he's cool. That's what's great about comics is he knows not to do that. Like, wow. no real comic would do that. He, he he hired me. That's on him now. I mean, he says be clean, which uh, is fair because he's squeaky clean. His audience wants a clean show, right? But yeah, it, it works out, and uh, also. People think he's this square guy, but like obviously he's friends with Chris Rock, Larry David, and they're a bunch of fucking degenerates. So <laughs> it's it's uh, he gets it. He uh, and he's a degenerate too, I'm sure. Deep down, he just has a clean show. And like you know, I mean, I and I know he's an idol of yours, and I know Conan is as well. And and when you first did Conan the first time, did you want Conan to be the Conan that you? you know, grew up watching or did you want him, who did you want him to be when you were going to meet him? And, and what was that, what was that first interaction like? Well, that's a good question. Cause he's, he's the exact guy you're talking about. Talk about turning it off. My God. Done the show eight or nine times. And every time, you know, he comes up, he shakes your hand in the dressing room and all that. And it's nice. And he's so fun and charming and, and, you know, zippy and full of life. And then you do the sh- you go outside or you go on the stage, you do the show, you do your set, and he walks up and he's fun, he's shaking your hand, and then you sit on the couch with him and he's like dead eyed, blank, uh, meek, like barely says anything. Oh. I remember the first time I went to the couch, I was like, oh, I got I got eight questions I'm going to ask him, and because you know you, you you pretend to talk in the commercial break, but you're not really talking. Oh, really? And so I was like, dude, that documentary was amazing, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, uh, how about the, the masturbating bear? That's a kill. That's a killer uh, bit. And he's like, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. What are you gonna do? Uh-huh. I'm like, oh my god, this guy is no. totally out of it. No way. You, you, know, you fake talk. Oh. Well, I, you fake talk, but I think it's not his fault. You, you do right. a show a night for 20 years. I think you gotta you gotta zone out a little bit yeah. when you can. Wow. So that's a bummer. He's, he's still never remembered me, by the way. <laughs> really? After all these times? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you got to think he's got Snooki on. Yeah. He's got all these idiots on. He's got to talk to or pretend to talk to. And right. That's I think true. It, it, the brain can't hold all of it. Does he reintroduce himself to you every time? Oh, yeah. 
But what was it? What was it like? And you are? Yeah. And you are. Yeah. Um, but what was it like though? So, so you go to the dressing room, right? You, you get that call from your agents or whatever. You go. You're gonna do Conan. Um, and and correct me if I'm wrong. Was that your first TV set, like uh, a late night appearance? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. First one. Big deal for me. Right. So you go there, and then you're in the dressing room. And what happens? He comes in or? Uh, yeah, well, he didn't the first time, which was a bummer. Mm. But, uh, you're, you're, I mean, just, I was shitting myself the whole time. You know, I'm 28 years old or whatever the hell. I'm, uh, I'm in Hollywood. I'm in the Warner Brothers studio. The whole thing was I saw Andy Richter in the hallway. I almost shit blood, you know. <laughs> so I don't know if I was even ready to meet him. And I'm just terrified of the set. So I was so in my head that it was fine. But like the, the, the few times after that, he comes in and says hi. And, and he, it's cool because you're a comic. So he like bullshits with you for a second. And so does Fallon too. And you're like, oh yeah. And that's the same with Jerry Seinfeld. Is like comics are comics. No matter if you're a billionaire and an icon or whatever, you're still just comics. And that part is nice. That's the great thing about comedy. You know, like I'm sure some musician who plays at a bar in Tallahassee, he's he's playing the guitar, and he's a, he's a guitar player, but he'll never meet Keith Richards, who's uh, also a guitar player, but for the Rolling Stones. You know, they have the same job, but they're on different planets. Whereas the comics are on uh, are have the same job, but are on the same planet. Right. Does that makes sense. It do- totally makes sense. I mean, what one thing that I've always found funny that kind of unifies all comedians is all right you you've done pretty much every late show appearance but what i love about what unifies you guys is when you're on the road and you do local tv stations or news networks is what's can you explain this unwritten rule that's every comic i've ever seen that goes on these things makes it a point to like be outrageous and say the randomest shit on early morning television. Like I've, I've seen videos of you, <laughs> Sam Morrill. I mean, uh, Tracy Morgan, like talking about, ah, I'm gay or whatever. And this person sitting next to you just sweating, like, uh, what? What then? Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. And you're like, I was molested. And they're like, really? Oh God. Uh, what's the weather like? Well, those, you have to do that. Cause they, it's seven in the morning and you want to kill yourself and you're hungover and you're just trying to get through it. And they want you to be funny, but then they want you to be funny on their terms, which is impossible. Cause, you can't, they can't even say poop without uh, the, the sensors taking a dump on their cameras. So, uh, yeah, those are tough. It's, it's a big gumbo of just, this is not funny. This can't be funny. Nothing about this is humorous. And yet I'm the, hey, welcome funny man, Martin Norman coming in after, after the poodle contest or whatever. So, of course, you're mad. So it's like your way of rebelling. And you're like, well, you want me to be funny, and this is what I do. So I'm going to say queef a bunch. So yeah, <laughs> you got to do it. And you got to ruin it. And you got to be a dick because they've left you no choice. Like, you want me to be here? You want me to be funny? Then this is what you're going to get. I mean, do you guys try to outdo each other? Do you ever text someone and go, hey, I'm doing uh, what's, you know, whatever, WPLK, whatever? And you're like, oh, dude, say this. I dare you to say this. <laughs> Uh, not really. I mean, it's so early in the morning. Like the most you'll get from the the text is like, "Oh, I did that one last week. It's not so bad." Or the lady's nice. Or this one's this one's this guy's a prick. So watch out for him. So that's that's the most you'll get. But it's, there's no competing because nobody wants to do it. It's like it's like saying, "Hey, you want to you want to compete at the DMV?" 
you know, it's, it's, it's an obligation. It sucks. <laughs> All right, Mark, we don't have much of a budget here, so we're running out of zoom time. So we got to end the call, but, uh, thank you so much for coming on. We, we hope that you come back. Cause I know we definitely want to talk about a lot more. You got it. Sorry if I rambled too much, but yeah, let's do it. No, it was great. And seriously, we barely scratched the surface on on all the questions that Ryan and myself had. There's just so much. And I want to talk more about, you know, the documentary that I've been doing uh, on you. And I want to talk more about about that myself. Yeah, what's it about? (laughs) Well, I want to talk more about, you know, we wanted to talk more about road life and and jokes, writing. And there's just so much more stuff. Um, But, you know, hopefully uh, you'll do us the favor and come back. Sure. Be happy to. I can talk about comedy all day. All right. That was Mark's lying voice. Oh, nice. Hey, all right. We're, <laughs> we're getting used to it now. We would like to try one last thing. We're gonna. This is episode one, so we're still trying to find our voice. But we were thinking of having every guest make a kind of noise that would eventually lead to a fart. We're going to add the fart in post. But we we're uh-huh. we're gonna ask every guest what would be your like grunt or pushing fart sound, and then we're gonna edit the fart in. Mm, okay. Uh, hey. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That was we Daffy were very Duck. dumb. Uh, yeah, and now now we're we're through. Yeah. Uh, now that we've got right. a great interview and a great conversation, we ruined it with that. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can find us on Spotify and iTunes and Believe.com. Can you spell Mm. that for me, Jay? Yeah, that's B-L-E-A-V.com. Ooh. I can spell despite what the doctors say. Mm. And the doctor also told all of us to subscribe and leave a rating. Yeah, don't forget to leave that rating. And please give us a five, would you? We're like, this is all we got. Either this or death. So that's on you. The blood is on your hands. You have a choice. Rate or date. That's also the the, this, the yes. terms are also. If you, you have to don't date rate us. us. You'll have to date us. <laughs> Could you imagine? Somebody oh, listens to it and goes, that that was terrible. I'm not rating that. And then we show up at their door. Ding go, dong with flowers, go, like a quintessential go, well. date. Hello. <laughs> I'm here to take the young lady out. Uh, yes, Mrs. Stevenson. Uh, you anybody. didn't rate the podcast, so now you have to go on a date with me. <laughs> and that's our show. Thank we you so you much. We tracked you through your IP address. <laughs>